that we can just have that time just to worship God together. That's what I love about Grow, is that we have that extended period of time just to sing and just to give what we've got to the Lord for, for who he is. And we'll continue to worship after I've shared what we're going to talk about tonight. And again, at that point, just, just praise him, thank him that we are here praising him for who he is and all that he has done for us. So Steve's away um, this weekend, actually next weekend as well. He's, he's got some time off, which is lovely. Uh, so do pray for him as he relaxes, him and Andrea. Uh, but I was looking at the past few grows that he has uh, shared with us. And there's been a bit of a common theme, and I'm going to sort of pick up on that theme again tonight, sort of springboard off what he's said into what I feel the Lord has sort of called me to say tonight. But a few ago, it was about walking in the Spirit. I don't know if you remember that one. He, he looked at Galatians 5 and was talking about how when we walk in the Spirit, we bear fruit of the Spirit. We have power in the Spirit. And we looked at Ezekiel 47, that image of a really small stream that spans out of the temple and goes down into a great colossal river. And Steve was talking about how we need to jump in to what the Lord has called us to jump into the spirit that is on offer for us. And he sort of challenged us and was saying, are we dipping our toe into that Ezekiel 47 river or are we diving in? So he challenged us on that. The next one was about living an abundant life. And he spoke about various different things in that, but I just want to highlight one thing that he was saying. It was about hearing God. Hearing God as he was speaking to us and the gift that it is to be able to receive from him and as a result, give on to others, whatever the Lord was saying. And then the most recent one was about living in the presence of God. So we discussed what the presence of God was and the idea that we need to be keep on being filled in the spirits. Keep on being filled in the Spirit. So many of us here tonight may have had that initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, that initial filling of the Holy Spirit. The language is different, but it's the same thing. The first time we received the Holy Spirit. Some of us may not have had that, so tonight we could definitely pray for you for that. But the idea that we continue, even after that point, continue to need to be filled with the power of the Spirit for the work that God has called us to. And I don't know if you remember, but Steve was saying about jumping on to our immediate obedience to what God was saying to us. Do you remember that? How God, and he was sort of building on his previous talk about hearing God, and he was saying that when we hear him, we need to jump into that obedience. So when he says something to us, when God says something to us, then we immediately respond in boldness and courage. So by walking in the Spirit, in order to live an abundant life in the presence of God, I want to say that we are called to be scattered servants in the Spirit for his kingdom purposes. So I kind of want to springboard from those three grows that Steve did and really focus on action. 
And that's not to say that when Steve was doing his talks, he wasn't uh, challenging us to action on that. But I want to spend most of the night thinking about how we use that information that Steve has given to us and think about how we respond as a result. Because if we're going to grow as Christians, which is this whole series, grow in our maturity in Christian life, grow in our walk with Jesus, we need to step out. We are going to grow the most when we have the boldness and the courage to step out in faith and do what we are called to do. So that's the sort of premise of what we're looking at tonight. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is that I've been reading this book. I haven't quite finished it yet, um, but it's called Scatter Servants by Alan Scott. It is a fantastic book. So a lot of what I'm saying tonight is from that. So either do read it if tonight is interesting, or don't if it doesn't uh, tickle your fancy. But this guy, Alan Scott, says that scattered servants are a movement of people empowered by the Holy Spirit, sent to bring life to towns and cities. I'll say that again. Scattered servants are a movement of people empowered by the Holy Spirit, sent to bring life to towns and cities. So the premise of the book is about how we are sent out as these scattered servants empowered by the Spirit working in and through us to connect with people and enable people to encounter the living Lord Jesus wherever they are. So it's not about gathering people to church. It's about we're going out and we are meeting people on their front lines, in their contexts, and enabling them at their points to encounter Jesus. So that means for us, as scattered servants, when we go, we are called to enable that encounter to happen. So when we are at school, when we're in our workplace, when we're in the supermarket, petrol station, gym, remedy, wherever that might be, we are called to enable an encounter with the Holy Spirit to people where they are. And not just tell them about the gospel, not just witness to them about the gospel, but to give them an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So pray for them. Speak words of prophecy into their life. Pray for healing and so on. And we'll look at it as we talk about it tonight. But that's the premise of this book, and that's basically the premise of what I want to talk about uh, tonight. So we're going to break down that phrase, scattered servants, empowered by the Spirit for his kingdom purposes. And we're going to look at those sort of three things as we go through this evening. So what does it look like for us to be scattered servants? Who is always our example of how to live a Christian life? Jesus. Great. You are there. Thank you, Paul. I shared when I talked about eating together in the Belong series that Jesus spends just under a quarter of his ministry in people's homes and around the table. And I got that information, if we have the next slide, I got that information from this book called the Infographic Bible. It's got 
if, if you like sort of maps and charts and stats and all that kind of thing, in a sort of a pictorial way, this book is amazing. It came out just before the end of last year. And this is a depiction of the amount of time Jesus spent in various locations ministering. So you will see that 22% is in people's home, 22% is in the synagogues and temples. Just to clarify, I didn't lie when I said that the most was in people's homes, because in my book, the synagogues and the temple, they are different places. So I'm guessing that it's like 11% and 11%, all right? Just to clarify that. Curates don't lie. Um, so in people's homes, in the synagogues, towns and cities, in the beaches and lakes, in the mountains, countryside, on the roads and in the gardens. Where did Jesus do his ministry? He did his ministry where the people were. So when he wanted to minister to somebody, he went to their house and ministered to them there. When he wanted to minister to others, he was ministering in the temple and the synagogues. Now, we've got to kind of um, think differently to church and the temple. Yes, the temple, like the church gathered, was a place of worship a place of um, encounter with God. However, the temple and the synagogue, they were gathering places. People would socialise there. People would eat together there. There were markets there. So there was a bit more to the temple and the synagogue in terms of being where people were than just our gathered half six for an hour or so. Jesus went to the lakesides where the fishermen worked, where people were resting, where people were just being with their family and their friends. He went to the mountains and so on. He went to where people were. This, you may have seen already, I, I did this in a talk in the, in the morning uh, a couple of months ago, but also if you went to the LICC conference at Lakeside, you would have seen this. This is the idea that we as church are gathered. So we are the red dots. Let's imagine we're the red dots. And this is the percentage of people who go to church in the United Kingdom. So the, the whole square of the dots is the full population of the United Kingdom, and about 6% of people apparently attend church as a gathered community. This is not how I suggest we should be when we are on mission together. And I use together on purpose there. So if you can have the next one. This is about being a scattered servant. <clears throat> Each and every one of us, Monday through Saturday, are in different places. Different places across this town, across the northwest. We live in different roads. We go to different schools. We have different workplaces. We go to different gyms. We go to different supermarkets. We are scattered. We are not together as we do that. And look at the impact. The blue dots here are the impact of what we could have on people gathered and scattered. So if you look at the left-hand side, that's gathered. 6% of people uh, go to church. If we stay together and gathered in this pictorial diagram, we see that we only connect with about 4% of people. If we're scattered, look at the amount of people that you and I are connected with on a weekly basis, Monday to Saturday. This was Jesus' model. 
And if we're going to learn from the king about how to be scattered servants, empowered in the spirit for his kingdom purposes, we need to look at his example. We need to look at what he did, how he ministered. So, how did Jesus minister? How did Jesus minister? There's two verses in Matthew which are almost identical. And read both. One's on the screen. This is Matthew 4. Just see how identical it is to Matthew 9. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the, in the synagogues, proclaiming the, gospel, the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is then Matthew 9. Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sick people. Where does Jesus do ministry? scattered out where people are. How does Jesus do ministry? Well, first he goes out. Jesus goes out throughout Galilee. He goes out through all the towns and the villages. Secondly, when Jesus was there, Jesus taught. He proclaimed the gospel. He taught people about the good news that was in him. That was through verbal proclamation and also witness. Verbal proclamation and witness. Thirdly, he proclaimed that good news of the kingdom, and the kingdom was coming in him. And fourthly, he performed miracles of many kinds, so healings, driving out demons, and so on. What does it therefore look like for us to be scattered servants. If we've looked at where Jesus does ministry, if we've looked at how Jesus does ministry, what does that look like for us? Well, it looks like we are called to go out, firstly. Secondly, we are called to, through teaching and also witness, proclaim the gospel. Thirdly, that we are to share the good news with people about his kingdom coming. And fourthly, we are to, through the power of the Spirit, perform signs and wonders to people. This is a common passage that you may have heard before. It's the Great Commission. Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying that to his disciples, but as a result, he is saying that to us as Christians who are called to grow in Christian maturity and be his disciples on the front line. We are called to go out, teach, proclaim the gospel. I love, though, that Jesus talks about his authority, that he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And then what does he say at the end of that passage? He says... And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's connect those dots. We go out, we teach through witnessing and proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news, doing signs and wonders. 
How? Because Jesus has all authority given to him from the Father, and Jesus is with us always. He is with each and every one of us here right now. So in essence, all authority in heaven and on earth is within each and every one of us here now because Jesus is with us who holds all the authority in heaven and on earth. Did that make sense? We have that authority to be scattered servants on our front line. Hence, at the end of Mark's gospel, there's a slightly different wording. It says, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. The disciples went out. They taught, they proclaimed the gospel, and they did miraculous signs and wonders. All so that people could see the glory of God, see who he was, and encounter the Lord for themselves. I want you to think for a moment. Where are your scattered places? Just truly think about that for a second. Where are those out places for you? And think particularly of those out places for you that are really difficult to be scattered servants. Because there is a massive advantage of us being scattered servants rather than gathered servants. Why? Because God has ordained you, strategically positioned you, to be where you are in your work, in your ministry, where you live, in your road, in your school, and so on. He has strategically positioned you there to interact with the non-believers in that place. So why do we... Historically, at least, I think we as a church are a lot more forward upon this. Why do we therefore try and gather people as our first port of call to this building? Our first port of call is to be out in those strategically positioned places that God has ordained you to be and enable people to encounter the Lord in those. There are advantages for being there. This is Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are called to be lights. Jesus witnessed who he was, along with proclaiming who he was. But I think there's more to it than just being a witness. We have all authority in heaven and on earth with us because Jesus is with us. So in our scattered places, let's see spiritual breakthrough. Let's see spiritual breakthrough in those places where God has strategically positioned us to be. Colossians 4, 5 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
That's a real challenge, isn't it? Now, this all might sound incredibly scary, and to some extent it is. That everywhere we are positioned, we are called to be scattered servants. Now, you might think, well, we're alone in that. Because we, here now, we're gathered, and wouldn't it be so much easier if we all went out, and we all went to your workplace, and we all ministered together in that place? That's not what we're called to do. But we're not alone. Who's with us? Jesus. And we are empowered by the Spirit. We are scattered servants, empowered by his Spirit. To be fruitful... We must be filled. To be fruitful, we must be filled. Do go back and listen to those three talks that I mentioned at the start that Steve has done in these past few Grow series. Look at what it is like to be filled. Look at what it is like to walk in the Spirit, live an abundant life, and live in the presence of God. I'm not going to go over what he specifically said. But in Acts 1... It says, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. The the apostles, the disciples are waiting for the Holy Spirit. Then what happens in Acts 2? We see Pentecost. The Spirit descends on those who are in that room in the most dramatic and powerful way. And as a result of Pentecost, we ourselves can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So as a result of being filled by the Holy Spirit, listen to Steve's talks on that. What does it look like to move in the Spirit as a scattered servant? This is Luke 9. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He then gives them instructions about how to do that. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The disciples were given authority and power by Jesus. We too are given power and authority by Jesus to do likewise. To go out, pray for people, enable people to encounter Christ, heal people, speak into people's lives. We are empowered by the Spirit where we are. Acts 2 says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. That's the report I want about us here at Christchurch. That people across this town are amazed as us, as the Lord's disciples, about our teaching, about our words, about the signs and wonders that we, through Jesus, are performing across this town, enabling people to encounter the Lord for themselves. Is that what you want? That's what I want. Next in... um, Acts in chapter 3. Peter and John are walking. They see this blind man. What do they do? They heal him. I want that. I want to be a scattered servant, empowered by the Spirit to do these things. Everyday moments 
can be kingdom outpourings. Doesn't that excite you? It excites me. I want to be walking down the streets and have a word for somebody. Go up to them and speak so powerfully into their hearts that they either think I've been stalking them or that there's something supernatural happening. And let's pray it's the latter. Yes? That we are so attentive to what the Lord is speaking to us, living an abundant life, hearing what the Lord is saying to us, and having that immediate obedience, going up to people and enabling them to encounter the Lord for themselves in our scattered places. So we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are called to go out. We have the authority of the Spirit and Jesus going with us. I want my name to be inserted in this verse. This is Acts 6, verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Imagine if your name was there. Imagine if when you meet the Lord in heaven, he says, well done, insert your name. You are a man of my great grace and power. And you performed great wonders and signs in my name. Because of your faithfulness. Because of your desire to grow into Christian maturity and what that looks like. Finally then, as we move to our final bit, looking at kingdom purposes. What does it look like for us to be scattered servants, empowered by the Spirit, for his kingdom purposes? In answering this, I just want to briefly look at three things. Kingdom adoption, kingdom authority, and our kingdom assignment. Kingdom authority, sorry, adoption, authority, and assignment. Do you know that you were created by the Lord? Yes? Do you know that the Lord knows you so intimately, and we hear in Luke 12, that he knows the number of hairs on your head? The Lord knows you. He made you. Of course he knows the number of hairs on your head because he made you. And then this, one of the most amazing passages in all of scripture, Romans 8 The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We were created by God. We have been adopted into his sonship or daughtership. And we are co-heirs with Christ. Kingdom purpose, number one. And because we are adopted by him, because we are co-heirs with him, we have kingdom authority. We are a royal priesthood, as Peter says. This is Luke. And I confer on you, this is Jesus speaking, and I confer on you the kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. We get 
to be co-heirs with him, with the authority that he gives us as a royal priesthood. That is just amazing. How and why do we deserve to have such grace and love showered upon us and such authority in our lives? This is a quote from Tom Wright. Precisely because God is in the because God is the God of generous, creative, overflowing love, his way of running things is to share power, to work through his image bearers, that's us, to invite their free and glad collaboration. He wants to use us for his kingdom purposes. We are adopted by him. We are his sons and daughters. We are co-heirs with him so that we have his authority. All so that we can go on our kingdom assignment, which is what we've talked about, going out. Because, as it says in Matthew, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We are those workers in our scattered places, empowered by the Spirit for his kingdom purposes. Hang on, go back, Steve. So, are we going to move towards his ultimate kingdom purpose? As it says in Habakkuk, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Do you know that you are adopted? Honestly, like in your heart, do you know that you are adopted? Do you know that you have kingdom authority? And do you know what your kingdom assignment is as scattered servants? Do you know you're adopted? Do you know that you have all that authority? And do you know what your kingdom assignment is? This is all in our everyday encounters. This book has massively challenged me. I know, or I knew, that I was adopted. I knew what my assignment was. And I knew to some degree that I had some level of authority as the royal priesthood. And that the Lord had given us authority to work his miraculous. But as I've been reading this book, as I've been thinking and studying it, it's amazed me how much authority we get to share with the Lord. How much authority the Lord wants to use us through him in our scattered places. That has absolutely transformed the way that I am living, even these past few weeks. I want to go into a supermarket, walking down the aisles, sense the Lord saying something to me, and speak that to that person who I may never have known, knowing that I have his full authority because he is with me, and so that they can encounter him for the first time themselves. I want to be with my friends who don't yet know Jesus and then tell me their struggles and their pains and me to pray for them 
and them to be dramatically healed so that they can encounter the Lord exactly where they are. I want to be walking home from here to Burtdale, to where we live, and I want to pass people on the streets, and I want to be praying for them, maybe not even going up to them, and them have a dramatic encounter with the Lord. And them just know that it is the Lord filling them with love and grace. The Lord works in amazing ways. And I want to be on that wave of his adoption, authority, and his assignment. Mark and Ruth, can I grab you to come up? I want to respond tonight. Why don't we stand as we think about our response together? To be fruitful, scattered servants, empowered by the Spirit for his kingdom purposes. To be fruitful, we need to be filled. So, I want to pray over all of us that we are filled. I then am going to offer, if you wish to pray, for any of those things. Whether you're struggling to know that you are adopted. Whether you're struggling, like me to some extent about the authority that you possess because of your relationship with Jesus, or you're struggling to understand what your kingdom assignment is, that I want to pray for you when we're worshipping together. But let me just pray for you now. Why don't you hold your hands out? And if you agree with this prayer that I pray, just resonate that in your heart. Speak it out in your heart. And say amen, which is simply, I agree. Lord, I want to be filled either anew for the first time or afresh today with your spirit. Lord, I want to be so topped up and so fueled by your spirit that I am a scattered servant for you empowered by an overflow of your spirit solely for your kingdom purposes where I am scattered. Lord, fill me right now, at this moment, to overflowing. Come, Holy Spirit.